Welcome to the Warrior Growth Academy podcast, a place for anybody and everybody who wants to become the best versions of themselves. Your story doesn't make you who you are. It is the rest of your story, who you choose to be. You can write a story about who you've been, and you can write a story about who you are now, but you can also write a story about who you could be. It's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Look into your heart and see what it is that you truly want. You have to take possession of your life. You must be the master of your own kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Warrior Growth Academy podcast, where we cover all the things that will make us learn and grow into becoming the better versions of ourselves. Sleep is undeniably a pillar of our life. You can't be healthy, function well mentally and physically if you don't get proper sleep. Let's see three things that are killing your sleep and what to do to counter them. Alright, so even before getting into the science of it all, and it's going to be very light science, don't worry. But even then, let's forget all the details. I'm sure you can remember and even feel one day that you woke up and you felt like a million bucks. You slept well, probably the day before you did what you had to do, you ate well, you exercised, you had all your sleep hours and you're waking up and you feel incredibly good, energized, and ready to kill the day. And most probably, you also remember those mornings when you wake up, you feel like you need 10 more hours of sleep, you don't want to get out of bed, and then the whole day is just you trying to survive, almost living like a zombie. So even here, without any science, you can see How important is sleep? How you feel on one end when your sleep is amazing and on the other side, how you feel when you didn't get the proper sleep. And that's exactly the purpose of today's episode. What are the things that are killing our sleep and how we can make sure that our sleep is incredible and fulfilling and good quality And then we can go through the day feeling energized and alive and living to our full potential. All right, so I don't think I need to convince you that sleep is important. I'm pretty sure you know. But may today's episode be a reminder and potentially maybe also point you in a few directions that you can make your sleep better. So sleep is not only a pillar of your long-term health but also your short-term, your daily levels of energy, your capacity to focus on a daily basis. And that's actually a very good thing because if the impact of whatever we do, our sleep, our nutrition, our exercise, if the impact would only be long-term, it would be very, very hard for humans to even give it any attention because we want that short-term gratification. But lucky for us, there's also a short-term and daily impact. So that should be a big and strong enough motivator for us to make our sleep better. 
And you know, we have only one life. We all deserve to be fully present each day, to feel great, not to be zombies trying to survive the day using caffeine and sugar to even keep our eyes open. And according to the NIH, the National Institute of Health in the United States, 50 to 70 million people have chronic sleep disorders. This is huge. So it really shows us that this is not a rare thing. This is really a almost all population situation. Ooh, that's a nice rhyme. But that we really need to realize that we should put more focus and effort into that. Now, to put super simply, the impact of good sleep is basically the optimization and the well-functioning of your body and brain. That's the easiest way to put it. And on the other side, the impact of bad sleep is that it lowers your immune system, your metabolism. So basically, you will get sick more often. It messes up with your hormones, with your cognitive function. So not only you're operating with a mind that is not fully recharged, but because of that, you're making worse decisions. You're being more reactive to stress and much more. And there's different ways and reasons why your sleep is not the best. It could be inconsistent. So the time that you go to sleep and wake up is all over the board. Insufficient, so you don't get enough hours. And also poor quality. So as in anything, it's more about the quality rather than the quantity. So actually, it's better to have a good quality sleep and maybe have less of it rather than have the quote-unquote classic seven to eight hours. That, by the way, is not always true, but on the average level, yes, it is true. But most of us tell ourselves that we have good sleep if we sleep seven or eight hours, but we have no idea of the quality of our sleep. And just FYI, because I'm going to mention it through the episode, there's different stages of sleep, and each is important for different reasons. So one of them is light sleep. That's when your muscles relax, your heart slows down, your body temperature goes down, and your brain waves slow down. There's the deep sleep. That's when your body repairs tissues and muscles and works on growth and development. It boosts your immune system and it builds up the energy for the next day. And then there's the REM sleep, which is rapid eye movement, which consolidates the memories and the emotion regulation and restoration of all the brain function and the growth and repair of your neurons. So as you see, each stage is important for different reasons because you don't want to just repair and recharge your body, but also your mind. And obviously those two things go together. Alright, so the three things that are messing up your sleep. Number one, coffee, alcohol, and food too late. Number two, blue lights and just lights in general. And number three, high levels of cortisol that are high just before you going to sleep. And actually, I got a bonus. You know me, I always need to add a little bit to the initial number. Is also having an irregular sleep schedule and also a bad sleep environment. Let's go one by one and dig into and understand what it does to us and what we should do in order to have the best sleep possible. So the number one is the coffee. 
it takes up to 10 hours for the caffeine in your blood to be completely gone. The caffeine disrupts your production of melatonin, which is your sleep hormone. And that production starts before you go to sleep in order for your sleep stages that I mentioned just before to kick in at the proper time. And just the basic science is that caffeine is blocking your neural receptors that tell you that you're tired. So even if your brain and body are tired, if those receptors are blocked, technically you won't know that it's time to go to sleep. And just to get a little bit even more to the science, this is exactly what happens. So first, as soon as the caffeine is ingested, it goes to your bloodstream And then when it reaches the brain, it blocks the adenosine neurotransmitters, which is the system that tells you that you're tired. And the caffeine also stimulates the release of dopamine, a happy hormone. So that's a good thing, but that also makes you more alert and awake. And there's obviously more complex and more science that happens when you drink coffee, but I think you get the picture for now. So bottom line, to put it simply, the ideal time to stop drinking coffee or any drink that has caffeine in it is about 10 hours before going to sleep. So for most people, it will be between noon and 2 p.m. Now, alcohol. So the suggested time is to have your last drink three to four hours before sleep. And what it does is that alcohol release a neurochain reaction that makes you more relaxed. So that's for sure. That's real. But also as coffee, it releases dopamine that goes against the sleep hormones. And it also suppresses the release of glutamate, which is a neurotransmitter that promotes your brain activity. That's why when you're kind of too drunk, you really seem dumb and do stupid stuff. Sometimes. I'm not speaking for everybody. But the most important part to remember is that alcohol delays your REM sleep. So that's the restoration of your brain, basically, which is, of course, a very important part of your sleep. And the same actually happens with caffeine. So sure, you will fall asleep, but again, it will impact the quality of your sleep. And especially, you will not get enough REM sleep if you drink alcohol or caffeine too close to your sleep time. Now, food. The best time is as alcohol to eat at least three to four hours before sleep. Food, as soon as we ingest, whether it's a very healthy meal or not, it doesn't matter, it releases cortisol. And cortisol is your stress hormone that delays and goes against the production of melatonin, the hormone that you need to go to sleep. And also, just to put very simply, if you're still digesting when you sleep, your body cannot pull all of its energy and we need it on what goes down during each stage of your sleep. So basically, all the energy is not going towards recharging your body and mind, but at the same time, also your digestion. Now, the blue light and just light in general. So to put very simply, your body has an internal biological clock. It's called the circadian rhythm that knows when it's day and when it's night. 
and that circadian rhythm releases the needed hormones during each stage of the day and of the night, regulates your body temperature, basically does everything that is needed for you to function well during the day and the night. And the blue light coming from all the screens and also just light in general, but blue light is even more brutal, let's say, that blue light disrupts the clock because it tells your body that it's still day, even if it's already night and time to go to sleep. So it keeps your body awake. So a very simple and general guideline is after sunset. So obviously earlier during winter, that's a bit later during summer, but after sunset, keep your lights at home as dim as possible, if not even completely turned out, and at least 90 minutes before going to sleep, use no screen. So that's the blue light. Or at least get some blue light glasses that will block most of that blue light. So that brings us to the third point about not being stressed and too stimulated before going to sleep. And actually all of those things that I just listed, the food, the stress, the blue light, etc., they rise your levels of cortisol, so it's your stress hormone. So during the day, that stress hormone is needed, but at night, it blocks your production of melatonin. So any type of stimulation before sleep will make you stay awake instead of going into sleep mode. So scrolling down social media, watching a TV series, thinking and stressing out about tomorrow's meeting at work, all those things will disrupt your circadian rhythm and not set you for a good night of sleep. So basically, before going to sleep, at least 30 minutes, ideally even more, but at least 30 minutes, do anything that calms you down and that don't stimulate you. So it could be a hot, relaxing bath or shower or reading or meditation or breathing or stretching anything that is not a stimulation and also that is not stressing you out. Now, about having a regular sleep schedule, coming back to the circadian rhythm, your internal clock, it's not something that adapts and changes every single day. It adapts and sets itself throughout the days. So the worst you can do is go to sleep and wake up at totally different times, week and weekends. Remember, your circadian rhythm doesn't know that it's the weekend, so it's okay to mess it up, and then it's the week, so you need to wake up earlier. Of course, being realistic, you might go to sleep a little bit later on the weekends. Still, do your best to not have a five-hour difference, and also maybe adapting your time during the week to match it a little bit with the weekend, but also not sleeping in too much on the weekends. Even if logically it doesn't make sense to get up at 7 a.m. on weekends, trust me, this is the way that your body will, again, respect its internal clock and also that the quality of your sleep will rise. And an important thing that I didn't mention before is that each sleep cycle going through all those stages is about 90 minutes. So if ever you need to wake up at a strange time, maybe really earlier because you have a special day or you're traveling, try to calculate what's the maximum amount of sleep cycles you can get. So to put simply, one cycle is an hour and a half, 90 minutes. 
It's better to sleep six hours and to set your alarm for six hours from the moment you go to sleep if you know you need to be awakened at 6.30, let's say, than sleeping six hours and a half. Again, logically, in your mind, you're like, I have 30 minutes more. But that's wrong because that 30 minutes, you're already in a new sleep cycle. And that's a guaranteed way to wake up and feel tired for at least the first few hours of your day. So always respect those 90-minute cycles. And the final bonus is basically your sleep environment. So make sure that the temperature is not too hot because naturally our body temperature goes lower during sleep. So you don't want to counter that by heating up your body too much. Make sure your room is as dark as possible And that's even including those little lights of Wi-Fi or your DVD player. Yeah, nobody has DVD players anymore. But your TV or even your cell phone charging, whatever it is, make sure it's as dark as possible. Obviously, as silent as possible. I know a lot of us are living in cities, so there's always some sounds. But do your best to keep it as silent as possible. Also as clean, and I'm not just talking about washing your bed sheets and your pillows, but also even the look, the feel of the room and of your bed being clean. And of course, the quality of your mattress and your pillow. So I'm not going to get into that, but a simple rule is that just make sure your mattress is not 25 years old and that your pillow is not all mushy and old and that you bought it for $5 10 years ago. So now, all that being said, reflect a little bit. How would you rate your sleep quality on average? And then imagine what your days, your weeks, your life would look like if you felt fully recharged and energized every single morning. What would be one thing that you could change today from all that you've heard in this episode to make your sleep better? On this, thank you so much for tuning in. I wish you a wonderful day and a wonderful night tonight. And I will see you at the next episode of the Warrior Growth Academy podcast. An educated person is not necessarily one who has an abundance of general or specialized knowledge. An educated person is one who has so developed the faculties of their mind that they may acquire anything they want. It is important to draw wisdom from many different places. If we take it from only one place, it becomes rigid and stale. Understanding others, the other elements, and the other nations will help you become whole. Step by step, the student is being brought together with himself to the point where he catches up with his own inner being can't accept it completely. And that is, you see, the most difficult thing to do, to accept oneself completely. But because we lack awareness or understanding of who we are, we're totally locked into a physical world, and we let things outside of us control us. 95% of the population are reacting to life. They're not really living at all. And it's very important that you realize that your evolution, your, your journey through this incredible thing is nothing to do with anyone else. And you can't live your life the way your mommy and daddy want you to live it, or the way the people at the office say you gotta live it, or the way society says you gotta live it. You gotta live it for yourself.